Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 82. With me today, we have uh, Anna Bernarski, special guest Paul Franzen, and newcomer uh, Robin Turfing. So everyone, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Anna Bernarski. I have nothing else to say. Uh, I'm Paul Franzen, Game Cola's editor emeritus. And I'm Robin Tierfing. I am Game Cola's resident angry feminist and the second trans Game Cola member. Yes, it's true. Uh, after a long time, Game Cola. I mean, was K around at the very beginning? Or no, uh, close. Like I think I think season two is when K started. <laughs> the uh, but, but K was K was no K was around during the high school years. I went to I went to high school with them. Wow. Uh, okay. So yes, we have um, an interesting crew. We only have one uh, of our usual crew here. Joe had to work. Diana wasn't available. And before we started the podcast, we were uh, about to talk about some plans that are currently in the works of getting a Game Cola Blood Bowl League going. Uh, Robin, do you want to explain Blood Bowl? Yes. So you've heard of fantasy football, right? Yes, it's a sadly lacking in fantasy. Well, Blood Bowl fixes that. <laughs> in that it now has 100% fantasy. It, it's set in game, Games Workshop's um, Warhammer Fantasy Universe, which, if you know anything about that, that's a bonus. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it's basically a bunch of teams that have like elves and ogres and orcs and stuff on them. And... It's very easy to forget that this is actually supposed to be a football game because you'll spend most of the game trying to injure the other team. <laughs> That's actually how I play football games anyway. <laughs> there there you go. Yeah, oh, that sounds great. I was going to say, I was expecting this to be like a real-time like Madden-style uh, you know, football game, but apparently this is more turn-based than uh, your average modern football game, football video game. Yeah, it's a turn-based strategy game, which I thought I included in the review, but nobody read that review only, so... Yeah, I think um, maybe in the email we should have, like, included a link to the review, because I think some of the people were confused about this. Yeah, but it's nothing like Madden, and it's everything like all the good stuff that people love. It is part of a long-standing joke in my life wherein Robin does not understand what sports are. <laughs> sports ball. Yes. Sports team. <laughs> I call soccer summer football. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like talk, talk me through how this game works. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you pick a team, and... Like, there's, like, let's go with humans. Humans are the basic team, and and then you put yourself up against another team, and there's, like, a whole boatload of teams. You know, you do kickoff, and then whoever gets the ball has the ball, and if there's turn switch based off of either time, making everybody do all the actions that their team can do, or, based, or if um, one of your players fails a roll... Or gets knocked down. Like if your player tries to pick up the ball and fails to, your turn's over. If your player tries to knock down another player and gets knocked down instead, your turn's over. Yeah, there's there's kind of a uh, a dice based mechanic to the game that like every time that you want to interact with another uh, character, you have to roll some dice. 
Yes. Or or even if you want to pick up the ball. And the human and orc teams are the two like most balanced teams in what they do because they're basically both meant to equally be aggressive teams as well as um as well as the actual ball. But once you get into other teams, they start doing like weird things. Like you've got the chaos team where all their team members are basically blank slates that you customize. Or you've got like elf teams that are all about dodging. Or you get even stranger teams like halflings and ogres where their whole thing is with the halflings losing, although they can technically throw their own team members. And ogres focus on this style of gameplay even more so. And then you've got goblins who focus on throwing as well as illegal secret weapons. Like when Robin says that there's a large number of teams, there is a significant number of teams. Yes. It would be possible for every Game Cola staff member. I want to say past and present. Hey, all right. <laughs> that, that, was, that, that was on my list of questions. <laughs> to pick a team, and there would be no overlap. And yeah, essentially, I'm, I'm currently just fishing for people, so it's going to be like, like... Like, there have been like maybe four or five people showing interest, and that's cool, but it would be nice to have more because the more players the larger the league the larger the league the more ridiculous stuff occurs players get injured can possibly even die <laughs> on the field it it it's good fun uh so this is probably uh, a dumb question i know there's a video game version of this so are, are we talking about the video game version or are we talking about more uh the pen and paper version the video game version okay. because okay cool Nobody's got time for pen and paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's like dice, but yeah, like um, it, it's all. But um, the, the the video game version looks more interesting. It does have 3D graphics. Yes, and my ideal is to have like a free league for you know training official game cola teams as well as having like whatever fans want to join in and play against us or whatever and then there's the there's the actual competitive staff league that we join every like year or whatever to do the game cola oh we could have game cola zone super ball <laughs> yeah i mean i think that sounds pretty fantastic i'm all for uh murdering game cola staff members through crew sports i think that sounds great can I play against oh, Anna and Diana first? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Can I please request that? Yes. Yes. Oh, you think That's you can sport better than me, Anna? No, excuse I don't, me. honestly. Uh, <laughs> I can't sport. I was going to say is that we've kind of been trying to have a more general initiative. I was talking to Nathaniel recently about trying to get a couple more things like that going, like having... Like, now that there's sort of these new... There's, like, a new old staff. Like, we, we've gotten rid of our Christian Porters and our Jeff Days and all that. And now we have this new old staff of, like, Anna, Diana, and Joe. And then we have, like, new people and, like, new new people. And, uh, you know, things are getting a little split where you have these little pockets where, you know, some people do things together, some people don't, and so I want to try to make it uh, a little more incorporative of new folks, I guess. Sure, sure. Yes. I don't know. When I came on, I noticed that there was, like, a whole lack of staff activity. Like, like everybody 
people did their own thing, but it was like, there was no, you know, this is the game Cola, we're gonna have fun and play a video game thing. It's true, there's, there's and surprising I was like, lack well, of, we should do that. of playing video games among the Game Cola staff. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I guess Anna and uh, Diana, Dan Castro, No Lynch, I guess, like, people play 3DS games or Wii games or something together sometimes. I sleep and do schoolwork. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody plays video games with each other, but I, I've I don't own I own neither a Wii nor a 3DS, so I have no idea. I can't I can't do anything over Wi-Fi while I'm at school because our school's just like, sorry, we're not gonna let you use the Wi-Fi for your video game systems. Oh, do um, they actually like block it? No, they had they had like a separate thing last year but this year they stopped it and I'm not sure why. Totally gonna win at sports. <laughs> sports master. Can we play for the sports cup? <laughs> <laughs> the Heisman. Yes, the Heisman. <laughs> I, I recently saw on Bing like a while back that somebody won the Heisman trophy and I was like, wait, that's still a real thing? <laughs> oh, we did do the uh, the Words with Friends tournament a while ago. That's true. <laughs> we did. But that didn't, like, that wasn't, well, I guess there was interaction, but it seemed like the majority of the interaction was in the actual uh, video recording the commentary between people. But I guess people were playing games with one another, too, so. You yelled at me because my smack talk wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I get very competitive at, at, at words, I guess. Well, uh, well, what happened to um, Trivia Crack? Because that came and went. Oh, that was, I mean... <laughs> I forgot it was, that existed. It's that was, that, was, that was fun for a day or two. And then, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, I, I can't speak for other people, but I started seeing repeated questions already, and I was it kind of kind of killed my interest in it. Also, I was uh, upset because they didn't accept the question I submitted about Boy Meets World. So, uh Yeah. Like, they accept all these garbage questions, but right. not... Or my question uh, about who the real first president of the United States was based on my experience from the Presidential Museum. Wow. <laughs> that was flagged as being untrue. Ah, <laughs> uh, I've obviously never been to the world's only President's Museum. Oh, their loss. Yes, they missed out on the root beer. Did you actually buy the root beer? I did not buy the root beer, no. Ah. <laughs> that root beer looked like it had been sitting there for a number since, of years. I mean, since it, I mean since... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it was fresh root beer brewed from uh, What's-His-Face's original recipe. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, but yeah, we were trying to get the um, Game Cola family game night to come back. Oh, I, cool. I think, I think We uh, need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so happy. Yeah, well, I want to make it like a regular event, like yeah, you could do it like like a monthly thing, like or or whatever. I mean, I guess the problem would be like finding a game that everyone has, unless it's like a free game. Well, no, um, I mean, or... we would do it like the way we did it last time, where mm. one person plays and there's just a bunch of people talking and being like, "Oh no, you know, uh, <laughs> is it can a we, can we finish Fish Files?" <laughs> Well, I think playing Anticipation was pretty great. And I was saying, well, there's NES Jeopardy, there's NES uh, Wheel of Fortune. NES Jeopardy is legit one of my favorite games. Is it? Yes. That was one of my go-tos in high school. Wow. I mean, okay, but what are some other, like, 
game show style games for NES or Super NES. Well, there's like 18 different versions of Jeopardy, if that helps. That's true. It's about sports Jeopardy. I have that on Genesis. No. Like, I remember... Hold on. I think there actually is like a family version Wheel of Fortune. I think there might be like... uh, There's Family Feud on the Super Nintendo, which is like the most impossible thing in the world to play by yourself. Hmm. You could play Clue for SNES. That game doesn't suck. (laughs) I, I kind of hate that game. And uh, I don't know why I bought it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Because, um, like, you know, it's kind of tough to play right. as a group, um, yeah. like a platformer. Well, I, th- I think you're onto something, though. If it's, a, if it's a game where, like, people take turns and it's simple enough that you can, like, tell the person who's actually controlling the game what you want to do. Yeah. Like, I think there's, there's pot- like, Wheel of Fortune, I think, would be great for that. Jeopardy might be a little more difficult because individual people have to buzz in. Hmm. <laughs> But Wheel of Fortune is just you take turns. Hmm. Uh, I think also adventure games are still kind of fun for this concept, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Especially if it's one that like nobody has played before. Like um, If you go on the Adventure Game Studio website, there's a million different free games you can download. They're just like, made by random people. Yeah, and they'd probably be... like uh, was it? I got Cross-Stitch Casper as a review title mm. a while back, and that was like... Something that would be playable in an hour or whatever. Yeah, that, that's exactly... I mean, they actually have a category for games that are like an hour or less. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Or, uh, for that matter, random games on uh, itch.io. Can you please play the John Cena romance game? That would be, <laughs> that would be pretty what? <laughs> I zoned out for like that entire conversation, but then I heard that and I was interested again oh my god wait there is the john cena jam that's hilarious no uh here it is john cena's john cena's sexy high school adventure wow based of course on a uh, former wwe world champion hi why not it's free i think this is what you guys should do that's a good point um and then i actually there probably is a, a, a variety of strange free weird games on itch that you could try yeah like the thing is is that there are so many games, it's difficult to, like, keep up. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if we did it as a monthly thing, we wouldn't be able to, like, we literally... That's true. ...wouldn't be able to go back and scroll through all the ones that came out that month, even. We'd lose games. Like, that's why I kind of gave up on uh, scratching the itch. EO. There, was, there was just too much. <laughs> yeah? Keep up. I noticed. I still noticed there was there was one game in particular you uh, you neglected to write about in there. That's true, Pizzerian. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, my Nigerian prince. How is that doing? Like I think I've, you... I've I've made like twenty bucks off of it. Wow. Yeah, not not too bad. Uh, actually, I just got another royalty check for life in the dorms today, and that's still like selling like friggin' hotcakes for some really? reason. Yeah, like we sold like several several hundred copies in the last uh, couple quarters. Wow. I mean, it's not it's not like full time job money I'm we're making off of it, but yeah. But I mean, considering it's been out for several years and it's on the indie games channel of Xbox 360 in yeah. 2015, like, what are the odds? You know. Still waiting for the PC version. <laughs> there, it's it's a decent possibility at this point. It's a. Uh, very close to getting greenlit on Steam. I am almost halfway through under, my undergrad years of college. <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm oh. still waiting. 
Ask me again on a senior year if the game's not out yet. I can send you. I can send you a bootleg version that I have on my hard drive. Okay. <laughs> if you if you remind me. Okay. <laughs> only if only if you and Diana do a let's play though, <laughs> blind let's play. <laughs> All right. Or actually, maybe it would be good for a family game night. Uh, yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, but it's at uh, 90% of the way to the top 100 on Greenlight right now, so there's a pretty good chance, and uh, the guy who programmed the game, uh, I did check in with again, with him like in the last week or so, and he said he would he would uh, be willing to port it to PC if it gets greenlit. So. Yay. So fingers crossed. Anyone play any good video games lately? For a while, I was playing Dragon Quest V for the Super Famicom in the original Japanese to sort of wow. practice practice my Japanese skills. Um, I didn't, like, okay, I enjoy a good, like, old-school RPG, but for some reason this one's not doing it for me. Like, is it? Is it because it's not good? <laughs> well, like, not good is never something that's held me back from an <laughs> old-school RPG. <laughs> but, um... I don't know what it is. Like, there, it, maybe it's too advanced. Like, it is on the Super Famicom. It's too new for you. It is, and yeah. I don't know. Are you are you one of the the psychopaths in Game Cola who doesn't like Chrono Trigger and in, in those games? I like Chrono Trigger, but it's not like your all time favorite. I guess I feel like it gets too much credit. Like people like it too much, and I'm like, okay, guys, you can tone it down. It was good, <laughs> you know. Didn't we have a whole podcast about your favorite RPG isn't that great or yeah. something? Yeah, that's 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 what I was thinking about. I remember distinctly listening to a podcast where everyone was talking about how bad Chrono Trigger was, and it was very, very <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> not quite as upsetting as the one... It, so I couldn't comment. Not, not as bad as the one where you guys talked about how terrible adventure games were, but, <laughs> but up there. Like, there's this weird period of, like, late Super Nintendo, early PlayStation, where people were getting bored of the, like, classic just, like, press A to attack mm -hmm. RPGs. Like, understandably. But, for some reason, instead of, like, well, let's have, you know, a good story, decent graphics, they were like, let's go, like, super crazy with this battle system and make sure everything's, you know, so wacky. And, like... Chrono Trigger is just below that. Like, it sneaks in where it's still a good game, but it kind of has all these little hints of, like, things that I don't like that sort of keep me back from being, like, super huge ultra fan. I'm not sure what it is about Dragon Quest V that isn't doing it for me, though. Because, like, it doesn't really have anything too wild, but for whatever reason, I just can't get into the story. Have you ever played uh, Dragon Quest Seven? No. Or wait, which ones? Is it 8, the 3D one? Yeah, 8 is when they started going 3D. 7 is the one where it was still the classic 2D chunky pixels, but on PlayStation 1, which is a system that, that uh, ostensibly knew better than to do that. And I, I say that um, believing very strongly that the chunky pixels looked way better than most of the 2D stuff of the PlayStation 1 era. Those graphics do not age well. <laughs> yeah. PlayStation 1 and 64, they do not age well at all. It's, I find that really interesting, actually, how uh, how pixel art games from like the Super Nintendo era just look so much better in 2015 than PlayStation 1 era games do. 
Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, isn't that because, like, nobody knew how to do proper 3D rendering back then? I mean, I think that's a big part of it. And also, um, like, now that you mention it, not just 3D rendering, but, like, nobody knew how to make controls in 3D. Yeah. I think, too, a more direct comparison might be, like, early 3D games to early 2D games. So, I mean, Atari 2600 games, for example. <laughs> they have their charm, certainly, aesthetically, but uh, I, I think it would you'd be hard-pressed to say that Pac-Man on the Atari 2600 is a really beautiful game <laughs> compared to Chrono Trigger, say. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly... Uh, I mean, what was that one game? Good. It was called, like, Adventure or something? I don't know. That adventure game on the Atari was oh. pr- was pretty ballin' for its time. I don't remember what its actual name was, but like I, I, it ha- it had a dragon that looked like a a seahorse. Atari <laughs> Adventure. I suddenly hear oh, two of yeah. us searching for it. Sorry, no. Um, when I see the dragon, all I can think of is the uh, Homestar Runner. Get this duck away from me! Like, cause here's. Homestar's Homestar Runners uh, thing, and then over here is the Dragon from Adventure. <laughs> wow, I learned something new today. So we were talking uh, before about doing more stuff with the Game Cola community. We were talking about um, Game Cola Family Game Night and stuff. Are you going to? Is that going to be like recorded and put on YouTube, or is that just for us? Oh no, um, it would be put on YouTube. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Us playing games. But yeah, we might need to branch out a bit and get into... I think adventure games would be pretty good because like an, like an RPG, there's only really one path. So like having everybody yell like, oh, let's go this way is kind of pointless. No, I, I, I very, very strongly believe that, uh, especially point-and-click adventure games, they're a lot more fun to play co-op than to, to play by yourself. Like, I almost never play adventure games by myself. I usually play them uh, with, with my wife. And it's yes. it's it's fun to like to put your brains together to try to work out what these insane puzzles, what the game's trying to make you do, um, and I think that would translate pretty well to a, a group of game callers sitting around <laughs> yelling at some ten minute AGS game trying to figure out what the yes. hell is going on. I think that That's could be cool. Point. That yes. would be fun. Yeah. But I also think NES Wheel of Fortune would be great too. So. <laughs> Strong possibilities. Trivial Pursuit from like one of the old computer versions. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the current like what what PC Trivial Pursuit is actually like, but I remember my family had this old Trivial Pursuit game that was like from the seventies. <laughs> so it would harken back to like a lot of its pop culture and sporting <laughs> events came from the sixties. Yeah. My stepfather is fifty. So he was just around long enough to learn about that stuff. Yeah. My mom has no idea. My yeah. brother and I have no idea. So it's like base so basically to try and win the sports the sports piece and the um and the pop culture piece is like shots in the dark until it's like, what's that classic line from the end of Casablanca? Oh yeah. um a friend of mine was trying to play through uh, the original Leisure Suit Larry games. Oh, and like, well, but the thing is, is that in order to play the game, it needed you to prove that you were over eighteen, which is over eighteen, like twenty years ago. So it had all these questions. That's like to prove your age. Like, here's something about Gerald Ford. 
<laughs> you you can't see it, Jenny, but I was actually dancing in place because I was so excited about the Leisure Suit Larry software protection thing, <laughs> or the sorry Age Gate. Yes, uh, I, I, I played that. I played the older Leisure Suit Larry games for the first time like a couple of years ago, and I was try- I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like you have to answer questions about like politics and history that uh, yeah. that they they assumed kids in the 1980s wouldn't have been able to get. And I mean, they didn't have internet back then, or so. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I, I really wish I could pull off something like that today. Yeah. I, I think that that would be interesting, though. I think um, weird old PC games might be a good area to mine for Family Game Night too. Uh, I just learned today uh, there this week about uh, a spinoff. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego game? That came out in the late '80s. Uh, where in North Dakota is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> it was an edutainment game that the, uh, the 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 company actually made specifically, like in conjunction with the North Dakota Department of Education. Wow, it has a Wikipedia. Page. Yeah, no, it's it's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, how big is North Dakota? <laughs> I think I think there would be some entertainment value in game call the staff members trying to work out this stuff together without they... the use of the uh, the almanac that comes packaged with the game. Wow. <laughs> or for that matter, just like Oregon Trail stuff like that could be fun too. Like yeah. there are a lot of games like that where you can have multiple people just kind of putting, like I said with the adventure games, just kind of putting their brains together and cooperatively trying to come up with the decisions of how you move forward. I, th- yeah. I think there's some potential there. Should we go hunting or should we go hunting? With <laughs> Shoot me some squirrels. How, how many buffaloes should we bring back this time? Yeah. All, All of them. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm picturing a scene where we're like, there's like five people debating, okay, what should we shoot? And then by the time we're like, okay, we're going to shoot squirrels, like the, the scene is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we brought home zero um, pounds of food. With with regards to Oregon Trail, there's a, a game on Steam called the Oregon Trail, I've heard of which that, is yeah. zombie apocalypse. It's zombie apocalypse Oregon Trail. Wow! You have to get from Washington D.C. all the way to Oregon for some reason. Your char- your characters can like get bit by zombies, and they slowly turn and. And you can just, like, choose to execute people at random, too. But, like, when you know someone's been bit, you're just, like, watching them slowly turn. And it's like, do I kill them now? Man. Or do I run run the risk of them turning, but still keep an extra body around for doing stuff? Oh, I'm, I'm picturing the possibilities for this. Like, you name the characters after the people who are in the call, and then you have to decide, okay, are we going to kill Jetty? And Jetty's like, wait, wait, <laughs> I have something to say about this. <laughs> I hope someone's writing these down. I think I think there's some really oh, fun ideas here. With regards to taking people through adventure games, somebody who actually knows what they're doing should be playing them. Like, uh... don't just don't just blind pick an adventure game, because what if we get lost for, like... Eight hours. Well, that's that's, <laughs> that's why we pick the uh, the shorter games. Although I guess there's there's still uh, the possibility. I mean, when we did uh, Fish Files way back in the day, I we played it for like twenty minutes, and I don't think we accomplished anything. So, I think we did we did find a person uh, who had a lot of Nazi paraphernalia in the room and talked to them for a little while. Oh yeah. Well, um, we also met like fake Mulder and Scully. And I'm 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 really liking this idea, Jetty, both uh, as a oh. possible participant and as someone who would just sit around and watch these goofy videos. I've 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 always felt that uh, the 
multiplayer Let's Play videos, I always find it more interesting when there's more people than it's just one person sitting around playing a game. That's a good point. But if there are more people that had current-gen stuff, I'd be like, we could also do Game Cola Dark Souls, but... (laughs) Oh, what was it? Oh, okay, so that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, if we can't get a number of people to play Blood Bowl, I keep thinking that we could have um, a Game Cola staff Monster Rancher tournament. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm I'm all for that. I love Monster Rancher, but the technology for those games is dead. Well, okay, but the thing is, all we would need is... I just I just need to know if Monster Rancher emulated can properly read a CD in the CD drive. Like that's all that we need and then we can just send the ROM out to everybody and to do you can do two player by loading the memory files. So you could just like send the memory files like both of them could send the memory files to me and then they would tell me what to do, what attack to choose, and I would put it in myself. And we would have, you know, multiplayer battles of sorts. This is starting to sound a bit like uh, playing chess through the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know, I think we could make it work. Maybe. But would we play Monster Rancher or Monster Rancher 2? What about uh, another Let's All Play video, too? Oh, um, like the... Like the, uh, the Crystalis one you guys Crystalis? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's been some interest in that. I'm just not sure what game we would play. Right. Like Blaster Master or... Yeah, I thought about doing that with One Way Heroics, if that game ever goes on sale again. Because the whole idea with One Way Heroics is it's this adventure game, right, where you can only go in one direction. Okay. And going in that direction takes up, like, a turn, and in, like, say, and as you go in that direction, the screen keeps going. Because the Demon Lord's darkness is devouring the world. And after, like, say, moving, you know, 5,000 spaces, the Demon Lord appears, and he's like, I'm going to kick your ass now. And you either run from him long enough that he goes away, or you can fight him and try to beat the game. And if you, you know, fight him and beat the game, you win. And if you, But if you run from him, he'll just come back. And I'm thinking, like okay, we can get some people who've never played this game and who have no idea what they're doing. Yes, the best. They pick their adventurer class and go through, and whoever beats the Demon Lord first wins. And, like, each edition of the game basically takes, takes like, five minutes to beat. So it's not like, you know, you're getting on board for, like, a four-hour RPG here. Oh, yeah, that's kind of a good point, because uh, that was a bit of an issue with Crystalis. Like, even trying to get people to the, like, one, like, the first part of the game was kind of an issue. Yeah. And, like, some people didn't realize you couldn't defeat certain enemies at certain levels. Yeah. And other people didn't know what what to do with that wall behind the Elder. Yeah, and just kept going back there. It was like, oh, with the wind I can destroy this thing now, so I'll destroy it. No, you need the fire. I'm trying to think of, like, what other games would be good for that, because, like... I guess most, like, are there any under-an-hour NES games? Like, excluding, like, speedruns, you know? I don't think so. Hmm. We could do a run of the uh, of that one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games where, where everybody loads up a save state where they have to go into the dam and whoever can disarm all the bombs <laughs> in the dam first wins. 
Yes, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game. Yeah, I, was, I think I was going to say before, um, the, the benefit of having a bunch of new staff members who are presumably younger is that I, I would imagine that a lot of them haven't played a lot of the games. Yes, and just games. have everybody have... So it would be uh, easier to find a game that a lot of people haven't played. Yeah, like Crystalis. <laughs> well, we could also do um, a game where, like, it's point-based and just have them, like, play Bubble Bobble and see who gets the most points after half an hour. Could we do Let's All Play Wall Street Kid? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever has the most money at the end wins. It's true. Let's, let's all play um, Pete Zarian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, but I'm sure there's no one on the game called a staff who hasn't played that already. I haven't. Oh. I don't have oh. money soon. Oh, well, I can pirate you a copy. Teddy, <laughs> 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 I actually saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> and it, it, it was since been deleted, uh, but it was a video purporting to show you how to get uh, pirated codes for Pizzerian. Wow. It was deleted, like, with like by the time I was going to report it, it had already been deleted. Wow. Like, what? I'm confused. What would they even do? Like, what did they suggest in the video? I didn't I didn't actually watch it. I, I kind of opened it in a tab and then forgot about it for a little bit, and then I went back uh, to report it, and it was gone. I wanted to see what it was. Oh, you, got, you actually have a lot of uh, videos on YouTube. I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, really? And not all of them are from you. Yeah, like, I've seen a few, and, like, a few of them are pretty good, actually. Um, I wonder if there's ones that I don't know about, though. Well, okay, okay, so I do want to ask, does anyone know anything about the OEA? I have no idea what it is. I tried reading a Wikipedia article, and I couldn't, it didn't keep my attention. Somebody please explain it. Um, okay, well, basically, the OEA is... I think it was back in 2012 that uh, the OEA came out on Kickstarter as a, quote, micro-console. And the idea was that there's no physical game discs. All you get is this tiny little cube that plugs into your TV, plugs into the internet. You download games online. And basically, it's um, playing mobile games on your TV with the controller. I don't know, was this really before tablets exploded? I don't remember what was going on in 2012. But the, the main point is... A lot of people thought this was a really cool idea. A lot of people were like, I already have an iPhone, thank you. But it raised like $8 million or something. And then people were really excited, and then just suddenly it completely disappeared, and nobody talks about it ever. And the only thing I heard was that people didn't like the controller. <laughs> All right. That, that sounds like any um, console dev cycle. <laughs> we're so excited, we're so excited. We ate the controller. The end. <laughs> Did you hear about the uh, Ouya Reading Rainbow scandal from a couple weeks ago? What? <laughs> uh, so, us. so Reading Rainbow did a Kickstarter, I guess, uh, last year to 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 bring them back in some form, and yeah. one of the one of the high top tier rewards was a special edition Ra- Reading Rainbow themed Ouya console. Um, there was like uh, a lot, a lot of money. Um, Oh, not that much actually. It was only two. It was two hundred and fifty dollars. It was and it was Ra- reading Rainbow branded, and it had a Lavar Burton signature on it and everything. Um, and then a couple weeks ago, uh, they decided they're not shipping them to anyone. Wow. <laughs> Everyone who... Well, but okay. But would you really be that disappointed? They're like, oh no, I only got an Oya and not 
a reading rainbows. But I, I, I oh, think yeah. the reason people were willing to pay 250 for it was because they thought they were getting a collectible item. Like they only were gonna uh, manufacture like 500 of them or something like that, like a limited number of them. So I think people were kind of seeing it, maybe not as an investment, but certainly like I'm buying something that is going to be a, a valuable collectible in the future. And then instead yeah. they just get the normal edition, which they. I'm guessing could have gotten for less than 250. I think it's 90 dollars or something yeah. like that. So I, I I can 100% see why people would be upset about that. So yeah, that, that's that's, that's the most I've heard about Ouya on the news lately was the Reading Rainbow scandal. I did look it up before the podcast started, and back in like September, apparently there were talks about um, being bought out by like a Chinese company. So apparently they're not doing so well. I was gonna say that always ends well. <laughs> well, like, I also know that there's, like, the Mad Cats Mojo, and there's the Steam Machine. Wait, I'm sorry, Mad Cats has a console? They do. Mad a Cats microphone. purveyor of the world's worst N64 controllers? <laughs> yes. And, um, what is it? There's the NVIDIA Shield, there's the Game Stick, the Game Pop, like, there's a whole list of these that, like, the game stick actually sounded pretty cool. It basically, it was like a USB drive that sticks directly into your HDMI slot on your TV and connects to the controller via Bluetooth. I don't know. Um, that sounded kind of like a neat concept. So how do any of the, how do the libraries for these games work? Like they all have their own individual library. Like you plug it into your TV and then you go online on your TV and buy the games and and download it to the stick or stream it or something That's... along those lines. That's my understanding, is basically it comes with, like, a, you know, 40-gig hard drive or whatever. Sure. And you just download the games offline. Like, it's similar, again, they're usually based off of, like, the Android platform, so it's literally just downloading mobile games that may or may not be specialized to the system. Yeah, I would imagine that's why, um, and I'm assuming, I'm making the assumption here that these these, uh, consoles are struggling. I would imagine that could be part of the reason why, is because it's probably difficult to get developers to support, like, you know, 15 different micro-console libraries like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, again, people don't want to buy it because they can already play, and apparently there are even ways to get your iPhone to, like, stream to the TV and to plug a USB controller into it. So why spend another, you know, $100 on a, another thing that does that that has fewer games? Well, if that matter, if a lot of the games are also on Steam too, I mean, people people like their Steam libraries, and if they've already bought the game for ninety eight cents in a Steam sale, they're not going to want to buy a device for their TV so they can purchase the game again and play it there instead. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Steam would ever consider doing something like Itchio does, where you can pay more if you want to, <laughs> like in the in the form of a tip. I wonder if Steam would ever consider yeah. doing that. Yeah, I don't really know, because um, I know, like, there's been talks that, that Steam um, has, like, some sort of weird plan for the future after uh, Greenlight, like, that they're trying to shut down Greenlight and move on to something else, but I'd be curious to see what that is, because, like, we already know how Xplig went, you know? <laughs> it didn't end well. So, I recently reviewed a new game. Well, not a new game, but a game that I hadn't played. Is this one that's been published, or one of your, like, 20, 20 drafts that are... <laughs> it, it's one that's been submitted for publishing, and it's not one of my 2,400 drafts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I swear. But no, it was Gone Home, and so they had a lot of... Um, I, I started playing through the game again to get screenshots, and I discovered there was a commentary mode. So mm. I, I read the commentary mode, and it turns out they got, like... They got the lead singer from a popular Riot Girl band from the um, 90s to comment on it because they used a lot of this band's music in the game. Hmm. I don't know where exactly this is going, but I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I and, think uh, in-game commentary is kind of awesome. Uh, I know Wadget Eye has been doing a lot of stuff like that. with, Or they, they did, at least. I haven't been paying enough attention lately to see if they still do it. But um, they would do, you know... Uh, you turn commentary mode on, and I think the way it works is there would be like a little part of each screen you could click on, and if you clicked on that, like the developers would talk a little about uh, the creation of that game. Speaking of Wajidai, I, I actually um, had a lengthy email exchange with um, one of the people from it, um, Mark Yohalem. Oh, wait, that's right. Um, because of whatever that one game was with the robots. Primordia, yes. Yes, yeah. And he... Like, I, I was surprised to receive an email from him, and we actually talked, and he was really cool about it. And at the end, he was like, I'm really sorry I disappointed you and your um, gender expectations for this, and I'll work in the future. And I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's always cool. Mm-hmm. Because it's like there's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of robots, and all the robots that have speaking roles are all needlessly gendered, to the point where even the robot that's a barely sapient black square with claws has a gender. <laughs> yeah. The robot that only says three words, and then there's the robot that's an, literally an entire city that has a gender, and there's yeah. the robot that's a factory that plays father and mother both to th- thousands of robots yeah has a gender and it's like mm. <laughs> i know it's cool that um the developer was like open to discussing it though yeah yeah it really was like i i was i was come i was expecting to come out of that being like okay i really wish i hadn't bought this game now but <laughs> it, it came out quite the opposite in that like you should probably buy more stuff from these guys and see what they're doing yeah and, like, I think that's a thing that, like, a lot of people um, get confused about with indie games is that usually if you pay for an indie game, what you will get later is a better game. Like, you will get more games in the future that they will try harder on and they will know what people liked and didn't like. Whereas if you just, like, say, well, I'm not buying this garbage game, um, all you're going to see is less games, like fewer people making games in general. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, have either of you uh, ever played, or anyone? Sorry, Anna's still here, isn't she? Hi, Anna. Hi. <laughs> um, can we edit that out so I don't sound like a hero? <laughs> has, no, leave uh, it in. No. Have <laughs> any of doesn't. you? Uh, have any of you ever played any of the text adventures by Choice of Games? Mm. No. Um, yeah. I, I just think they do some really cool stuff like that, like. Uh, each game uh, that I've seen from them, at least, they let you choose your gender, your orientation, uh, what pronouns you'd like to be addressed by, what titles you'd like to be addressed by, and like the game just, uh, and the story adapts itself to the choices you've made. And I, th- I think that's kind of an interesting way to do it. Hmm. In a similar note, um, Fail Better Games has two games out. One of them's Fallen London that I did a review for. And the other's Sunless Sea that I did a review for. And Fallen London's kind of limited because they're 
because it's a bigger game with a lot more story that multiple people are supposed to experience, but their whole design philosophy with the game was that your character is you. And so it's like they try to avoid referencing your character's skin color, um, you get to choose your gender, um, they don't force an orientation upon you, which is really cool, but then you go into Sunless Sea, and that's when things get really cool, because, like, for instance, um, you get to choose your pronouns, like, how they address you, and, and it's like you've got, you know, sir, madam, then you've got a bunch of gender-neutral options, like citizen, captain, and stuff. Yeah. And then, and then, like, later on, you get to pick a lover, and then, even further, you get to choose, like, like when you get a child, you get to choose, like, where, where that child came from. It's like, either you got your lover pregnant, your lover got you pregnant, or your lover, or you adopted the child from an orphanage. Hmm. And I think all of that is really cool. Yeah, I don't think I've really heard of a game, like, doing anything like that before. That's but cool. I'm still thinking about how we could get a Monster Rancher League going. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say I've never even played it, and I, I'm guessing by context clues, it involves putting a CD in a thing and then it creates a monster based on that CD. Is that true? Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. I I have an explanation for this in the yes, form please. of um, in the form of the um, monster rap from the. From the an- from the anime, and it goes something like this: It goes, you get a disc, you take the risk, you spin it fast through the past, you unlock it, claim it, you can tame it. But yeah, you you open up the disc drive, you put you put <laughs> you put any CD in, yes, and it turns into a monster. And like certain CDs will get you rare monsters, and certain ones will just get you normal monsters. Does it work with like burned discs too, or is it specifically like commercial CDs, music it, CDs? It, it's complicated because okay. um, you if you burn a disc, that disc has its own unique code in it. Okay. And sometime in like the early two thousands, somebody cracked this code. Oh. And found a way to make it so that like discs can generate whatever monster or you can burn it to a, the code to a disc and generate whatever monster you want. Oh. Like, it was really fascinating stuff, and they made, like, a whole program for it. And I, I, I will admit, for Monster Rancher 4, I made extensive use of this because, like, I wanted the really cool Durahans and the really cool um, other monsters because, like, cause, like, there are these special monsters that aren't mixed with any with any known monster, and they look, like, way different. Like, Durahans are these suits of armor, and if you mix them with other monsters, you get, like, suits of armor with that monster's, um, aesthetic to it. But then, like, the unknown ones, you'd get stuff like, um, like, Japanese Kabuto armor, and, um... Oh, yeah. And cool, like, robot armor and stuff. Yeah, like, in the original game, the only one, like, for me... I would put in, you know, tons of CDs, and I would only get generic things. Maybe occasionally I would get something kind of interesting. But apparently you're supposed to be able to get Santa versions of everything if you put in <laughs> Christmas music. I, I guess I was I was picturing um, burning the Game Cola podcast <laughs> to a CD and trying that. Yeah. <laughs> like, specifically even uh, this one where we talk about Monster Rancher. It's true. So, yes, um... 
my thought was trying because see i was you know i'll admit i thought briefly about pokemon and i was like that's way too mainstream how can we still have our pokemon league our game cola pokemon league without the mainstream and i was like i know monster <laughs> and on, on a on a related note there's also um we could also do digimon world oh is there a digimon because see okay and i did also think about trying to get Digimon, I do have, I have like a first generation Digimon and like a third generation Digimon, like the physical thing, but it's like, yeah, nobody lives in Florida. I could maybe go see Joe. You could go see me. Oh yeah, that's true. There is one other Game Cola staff member in Florida. There there were three, four Digimon World games for, um, for PlayStation, not counting the card game. And the first one was the best. The second one was alright. The third and fourth ones were garbage. But the first one was like a true Digimon raising game where you where you walked around File Island and you had to recruit Digimon to your city and you had to raise your Digimon to get to get them to certain levels so they could digivolve properly. Wow, how did I never and know about this game? I don't know, because, like, it it was the game for me for, like, a long time, and it still kind of is. Wow. And, like, they... And we even talked about yeah, this. Yeah. They, cracked the, they cracked the code for how to digivolve to, to, um, to, to Hercules Kabuterimon. Yeah. Or, yeah, Her- Hercules Kabuterimon, not Mega, because, because this was before there were proper Megas, and... <laughs> Anyway, um, basically, yeah, they cracked the code for Hercules Kabuterimon in um, a something awful thread, and found out how to how to properly digivolve because before there was a Prima strategy guide, right? Yeah. And it, and it allegedly told you how to get every Digimon, and then there was Hercules Kabuterimon, and they were like, "We have no fucking clue how to get this." Like that's literally it. There was like a bunch of question marks over the stats and care mistakes you needed to make. Yeah. So, so something awful um, got to work and data mined like all the data from the games, and they thought they found it. Yeah. And eventually they did. Eventually they got a Hercules Kabuterimon, but it took a lot of work. But it was really cool because they did it, kids. <laughs> they climbed the mountain. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm looking at the game facts for Digimon World. Because, like, again, you know, part of the issue is that in order to do versus mode with some of these, like, really old games, you would have to, like, transfer the memory card files or something. Yeah. Well, a good thing about that, though, that is that, like, you don't need to have competitive modes. You can have, like, there be a, an AI versus AI mode, although, granted, the AI does not always know how to play the game. <laughs> well, but, I mean, I... Like, I've had some... I've had some Digimon that are, like... You get this one attack off, and you'll win the game. And the AI's like, "Okay, we're gonna do every attack but that." And I mean, uh, I would want people to be able to play with their own, you know, things or whatever. I don't know. I think it's feasible. I think we could do it. And like, like I like, there'd have to be something to prevent like people from just like having getting an ultimate level Digimon and being like, "Okay, I've got I've got my Metal Greymon, so good luck defeating that sucker, Zamaudi." Yeah, I did have I did think like we would have uh, you know, if like seasons or something. Well, if it was um if it was Monster Rancher that I would say like, "Well, everybody get a monster to like level, you know, 20 or something, and then we'll have a 
league battle. Yeah, what like, I I mean I imagine we do it like there's there's a season where it would be like you know, this season we're going to raise you're going to raise a monster and by the end of it who you have at the at the end of that season no save states final destination <laughs> facts only and that's another thing because like well more more the save state thing yeah. because it's prone to abuse yeah i mean i guess part of the problem that i have is that i wouldn't want people to be like well i played it you know four hours every day all month and then somebody else is like well i have school and work so i played it you know a grand total of two hours well with regards to that if you play it for four hours every day over the course of a month at least with digimon your digimon's going to die like at least two or three times (laughs) like dead like dead dead like digimon world is is where, like, if you're playing for, like, two hours and your Digimon is still alive, that means you're raising it really well, and you should be proud. Like, I've I've had Digimon that have died in rookie state, and it's like, why? We were, we were doing so good. I don't know, I just think it would be fun. Like, I think that, uh, this is something that we can definitely find some way to do. Yes. I've, I've also been thinking of um, again, waiting for it to go on sale and picking up Talisman for a bunch of Game Cola staff members and recording a video of us all playing Talisman. It's a Games Workshop board game where you try to cross from three regions to get to the um, Crown of Command, and once you get the Crown of Command, you try to kill everybody. And whoever dies from the Crown of Command does not come back. <laughs> And part part of the reason I'm thinking of doing of like all these competitive games is because like we can have these little inter office rivalries. Yes. <laughs> well, see, we need to call it a team building exercise, though. It's team building. <laughs> I will crush you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I mean that's what I'm putting on my resume. Yes. Organ organizes team building exercises for GameCola.net. Yes. It will make things more spirited, maybe. Yes. I don't know, I mean, I do want to encourage, like, GameCola staff members to interact with each other, because, uh... Yes. Again, there's sort of, like, small groups that do, and then there's sort of the new people who don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. So it would be cool to get some more general interaction between all of the staff. Yeah, like, I... So I accidentally ended up on Q&AimCola. Yes. Because I received the email that was supposed to go out only to the people that was that were participating, and somehow it ended up in my inbox too. Okay. Like I got CC'd, so I submitted to it, and it was like, um, "You're not really a contributor, but if you'd like to be, you can." And I was like, "Yes, let's do more game cola things." Yes, but no, like there should be like something, some some way out there to suggest to like new um, staff members how to get involved in stuff, get in the game. Cola. I'm trying to think, like, what are some historical, like, Game Cola interactive... I mean, there was Versus Mode. I mean, we had the, uh, the Words with Friends tournament. <laughs> like, has there really been too many, like, interactive things like that, Paul, historically? I think, I mean, most of them have been not so much written content, but videos and podcasts and things like that. I mean, certainly every the monthly podcasts and the RPG casts and, uh, there were a bunch of videos at one point that were like, you know, here's 
four Game Cola staff members playing Back to the Future the game, stuff like that. Or uh, I guess is is the Zero Escape thing still going on? I think it is. I think it's still. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> it was like three years ago or something that that started. Yes. <laughs> but stuff like that, I think. I think um, the collaborative stuff has been traditionally more audio and video related. Yeah. And I think you and I, Jetty, were talking about how uh, versus mode. Well, yeah. Was, was cool, but it's hard to adapt to the outside the mainstream focus of game cola of modern cola uh, because it would be. It would be challenging to find five news topics that both nobody knows about and everyone knows enough about to write about. Yeah, like, I mean, I was kind of thinking, you know, we could do more like the Facebook discussion topics, how those go, where it's like, I just choose something about, you know, indie games, or I just choose something about a classic game. Um, Sure. But at the same time, that works on Facebook where we have, you know, our... 2,338 likes, no more, no less. Uh, actually, it's been 2,336 lately, so uh, we've lost... And see, I can't even say that we've lost two people because we gain one, lose one every single day. But on average, we've lost two more somehow. Um, but yeah, basically, there's enough people to pick from on Facebook that if a topic doesn't you know appeal to everybody it at least appeals to someone sure although how do they do it in jeopardy like do they do they know what the people are interested in before they go on the show like they have to yeah i can't believe it's snowing again oh is it well okay and today it's literally like 81 out (laughs) (laughs) you have to rub it in jetty do you have to rub it in we're in 20 degree like, weather, the, and that is a like, heat wave. <laughs> yeah, it was like negative 12 last week. Yeah. For the first time in like two months, I had to turn on the fan in the garage because, <laughs> yeah, it's hot. We're, we are running out of room to put snow. <laughs> yeah, like, do you like throw it up on top? You have this like mountain of snow? We kind of do yep. at the end of our driveway. That's kind of how it's going here. It's <laughs> oh. the benefit of working from home, though, is that I don't have to actually go outside in this miserable weather. I, I went out for the first time in a week uh, a couple days ago, and I was just, like, dumbstruck by how cold it was. <laughs> yeah, today, high of 80. Tomorrow, high of 82. Tomorrow, it's supposed to be 3 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Yay. Oh, and then Tuesday is supposed to go back up to 22, and then 15, and then 8 by Thursday. I was, uh, I was supposed to run a race yesterday morning, and I couldn't get my car out of the driveway fast enough to make it to the race. <laughs> oh. Like, I gave myself, like, an extra, you know, half hour of traveling time, which the place was a half hour away, so I doubled, I gave myself double time to get there. And I could not move my car out of the driveway fast enough. <laughs> you should have just ran. <laughs> oh, like, how do you even run a race when it's that cold out, though? Uh, I mean, I, I put on... I had, like, four or five layers on. I don't know. I bought a treadmill so I don't have to run outside <laughs> in this weather. <laughs> this was going to be my first time in months. It was fun coming home. Uh, there's There's a bit of a hill outside my house, and... I actually, like, almost couldn't get my car up the hill at all. <laughs> like, I, I was almost stuck just living in the middle of the road for a couple of days. I blame you, Anna. What? 
You didn't warn me Ohio was like this. You said it was um, a, a spring one. No, <laughs> I did not say anything of the sort. You said I believe the, the term was forever spring. No, you said that. <laughs> I was the one who said Ohio was terrible. Oh. Well, how is uh, your blueberry farm coming, Paul? Well, I mean, there aren't a lot of blueberries in the dead of winter. Sadly. But we have several gallons of frozen blueberries handy. Wow. That we picked uh, at the end of the season. Uh, when is the season? Uh, the summer, I think. I don't know. I'm not actually a farmer. It's not my house. We're just renting. Uh, for listeners at home, I know you know that, Jetty. <laughs> yes. Well, um... <laughs> Sorry. I just... <laughs> Paul constantly tries to convince me to go into these wild business ventures with yes. him. Yes. <laughs> Um, I don't think Blueberry Farm was one, but you did try to have me move you, uh, move your house if Pizzerian sold a million dollars. <laughs> you, you promised you would help me move. <laughs> I'm expecting you to fly out here. Yes. And see, the, the, ah, and that's the thing is that it would have worked if you were stuck there, but what's going to happen is that you're going to have to move again. Yep. So one of these days... Yeah, and we were almost moving to Orlando, too. We didn't get the job. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Because um, no. that was your... Well, okay, because then there was the uh, the President's Museum slash Root Beer Emporium. You should still do that one, though. It would... The guy's <laughs> looking for someone to take over. Ah, I... Where was it? Was it... Oh, uh... Isn't... I mean, it's in Ohio. Okay. And then, um, yeah, the latest one has always been uh, the Adventure Room. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I am a game developer. I could design a pretty good adventure room. Uh, for those who don't know, you can look up in your local city if there's one where basically they lock you in a room and you have to find the way out. Yeah, the the one uh, we've done a couple of times is they actually chain you to a prison cell first oh to God. start. <laughs> and you have to first, you know, find the keys, figure out how to get the keys, get yourself out, and then there's just a, like a series of three or four rooms you have to puzzle solve your way out of. It's it's so much fun. I liked the one you showed me that uh, it listed the success rate, which was something <laughs> like 10%. <laughs> yes. No, we've, we've done it twice, and we've failed both times. <laughs> Uh, it was very upsetting, too, because the second time we did it, um, our group had something like six... Uh, there were four of us, and we had something like uh, six or seven graduate-level degrees among <laughs> us, and we still couldn't do it. Yes. I was the one who did not uh, have any graduate degrees, but uh, the other people did. Everyone else made up with Yes, extra. they're more than made up. I keep asking my wife to just give me one of her masters, but... <laughs> how, many do you, how many does one person need? All of it them. depends on what you what you're going into. Yeah, fair enough. Well, it, I I know I do. It depends on how long you're unemployed <laughs> in your given field. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. So my current idea is uh, adventure room slash barcade slash president museum slash root beer emporium. <laughs> Um, we weren't, you know, and the arcade machines—they're supposed to be like indie oh, games, right. right? Yeah, wasn't that wasn't that one of the ideas? Yeah, there? that's right. Is that yeah? We're supposed to have an indie game arcade where, like, I would call out to different like indie game developers and be like, "Hey, would you mind? I'll give you, you know, thirty uh, percent of the you know 
quarters or tokens or whatever that you earn. I hope you self- send them to them in a money bag, too, through the mail. <laughs> it would cost more to send than it would. <laughs> um, and then the other one on top of that would be making my own micro console. Which, that one's all yours. I'm not taking credit for that one. Okay, yeah, okay. That's my latest idea is that, see, instead of being like the OER or the game sticker or any of that where they plug in and they go in through the internet, it would be more like the Super Nintendo where you would actually... <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. This is a brilliant plan. <laughs> I would sell to collectors who want a game console that's offline with no OS. You just plug in the cartridge and you play the game. It would be awesome. There, there is a certain amount of appeal to that. I thought you were going to say it was like the um, the satellite add-on for the SNES. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just saying that, um, you know, instead of having an OS and you log in online and you, like, download the games to the system, it would actually be, you know, like the Super Nintendo where you plug in a cartridge and you play the game. And, like, as soon as you start, you're into the game. There's not even that, like, five-minute-long PlayStation loading screen. Like, I feel like that loading screen must have been, like, a cheat prevention, like, purposeful plot because uh, it definitely made it difficult in Final Fantasy VII to cheat at the chocobo breeding. Like, you couldn't just, you know, breed a chocobo, see that it wasn't the one that you wanted, and then reset the game, because then you would be sitting there waiting for, like, two minutes until the game came back and you finally could breed another chocobo. So, yes, my current plan is Adventure Room, Indie Game, Barcade, President Museum, Micro Console, Root Beer Place. Jetty, I know you have experience making soap. Have you ever made ice cream? Uh, Yes, in fact. uh, My parents do, in fact, have an ice cream machine, like a tiny one. Awesome. We have one, too. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, we made uh, apple cinnamon ice cream one time. It was wonderful. See, and, like, there are certain ones that, like, work really well, but sometimes, um, like, we have trouble getting the consistency to be right. Like, if we have something, like, if we use, like, cream and stuff, um, it ends up being really icy. But, like, if we use just, like, regular whole milk or something, then it ends up, like, really thin and watery. And it's like, why... Why can't we get, like, a nice, creamy ice cream? Weird. We've only done it a couple times, but we didn't have any uh, any trouble with it, I don't think. Now that reminds me that we should super be making blueberry ice cream before we leave. Like, that would be awesome. No, um, there was a period where, like, my parents were making different ice cream flavors, like, multiple times a week. Oh, that's cool. And uh, it was good. Um, just that, like, certain flavors and stuff just don't work at all. Like, uh peanut butter like trying to make like peanut butter flavored ice cream the peanut butter just like congeals Um, like there's no way to get it to like mix in properly and like i don't know just trying to find things that will mix in the thing i don't know yeah i think this podcast is about wrapped up i think that's a fair assessment so thank you everyone for listening this has been game cool podcast number 82 um, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to visit our actual internet website, GameCola.net, where we talk about uh, games that maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't. Uh, hopefully something new, something exciting, uh, for you at least. And 
you can also check us out on YouTube where we have lots of videos of similar types of things. Uh, GC.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. We're also on Facebook. You can like us uh, and follow along as we do our daily discussion topics and all that sort of thing. Um, we're also on Twitter. Uh, for we're also, On Facebook, you can just search for us, search for GameCola. On Twitter, we're at GameCola. Um, we're also on Tumblr. Technically, I haven't really updated that in a while. Uh, if you liked this podcast, you can go on iTunes and rate us highly. That would be appreciated. And if you didn't like the podcast, then you know, just don't bother. Um, I think that's about everything. Is that everything? I did also notice that uh, GameCola's Live Journal account is still active. If anyone wants to follow us there, is it? I don't. Well, I mean, it still ex- it, it, it still, still exists, exists. I should say. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say, is it active? Well, didn't we find last time that there is a. Uh, a game called a MySpace account. I could believe that. Well, I, I think it was for uh, GameCola.com. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was for the fake GameCola. Yeah, feel the taste of fresh games. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, last time our live journal was updated, uh, 2010, which seems extraordinarily wow. recent for live journal, actually. <laughs> what was the post? Uh, it was when we were launching the new site. Oh, wow. But, um... Yes, thank you everyone for being here. Thank you everyone for uh, listening. Thank you for hosting, Jetty. Yes, so goodbye everybody. Bye. Bye. to try to pretend that this is more people than it was. I can say bye like six more times. You can layer it on top of each other if you want. And like different voices, bye. And well like I can um you know speed it up and slow it down slightly. Oh there you go. Perfect. Can we can we find one that sounds like Anna? Like bye. How does she say bye? Oh I, th- I think you kind of had it actually. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe can you just take it out of a different podcast maybe I was thinking about that but then I can't like individually you know because everybody mm-hmm. says goodbye at the same time. Oh, well, this podcast is over. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. I don't know who that deep voice bye was that I keep doing. Nobody sounds like that. <laughs>